the power of Castle Hate Skull, I am Ella Mark Harley. Like how I growled with that? I took it low. I took it to a whole nother register. Went low. You know, a lot of people don't realize I can growl, but I got to bust it out sometimes to remind the people that, yes, my vocal cords as a man are fully intact and I'm ready to use them at a moment's notice, sometimes on a whim. So here we are today. Goddamn. Great day yesterday, huh? Well, I don't know if you... Oh, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> great day yesterday. Remember yesterday? Barely. Barely, yeah. We, you know, Casey is very busy here. He does a lot of things. This was just particularly on my mind that I kind of meant to text it to our Thick Boy group chat, but I wanted to say that the day started off very stressful for me, uh, finishing an audition before I had to come in, mm -hmm. and ended, by the time I left, I was in such a good mood and felt so uh, uplifted by the day's, and by the, the day's events, and in particular the guests, but also in particular the people I work with. So I'm gonna express gratitude about that, but didn't wanna interrupt what you were saying. Which, which was... <laughs> was remember, um, you remember yesterday? <laughs> this, I'm going to give like, give me a little like your impression of yesterday. Did it stand out to you at all? Or am I the crazy one here? Yeah, no, totally. It was awesome. I mean, uh, Robin Black. Yeah, was, Robin Black and the Are You Garbage in guys were in. Oh, yeah. So I didn't have much interaction with the Are You Garbage guys. I was right. prepping the shoot, doing other stuff, editing yeah. stuff. But the Robin Black thing um, was awesome. He's just a brilliant mind with regards to MMA, and yeah. his breakdowns are awesome. And uh, he was a really nice guy. I thought the, yeah. the two shoots we did were tremendous. And did you were you aware of him before? Yeah. Okay. Without any context, and I recognized his voice, so I'm like, oh, I must know this guy from somewhere. But having no context and getting to overhear those conversations, so much resonated with me um, because he's somebody who thinks about. Um, you know, inherent bias when he's doing MMA commentary, um, falling into the same patterns linguistically, which can also then affect how you think about things. Um, you know, he was, he, he was just obviously a deep thinker and somebody who he has fought professionally. I'm not sure exactly, I know there's like some Canadian promotion, but he's also a musician by trade and entertainer. And I thought that brought out a side of Brendan in these conversations that we might not normally get to see because he's either dealing with one or the other, you know, the, the comedians or the fighters. And it made me think about how there is so much overlap between athletics and martial arts specifically and anything else that's that's creative, like stand-up comedy, like acting, whatever. And our tendency is to kind of separate these two things, like especially in a tribal way. Uh, you're, an, you're a football player. You can't be an actor. I've received forms of that, and it doesn't define me. It doesn't, that's something I still have bitterness about. But like, it happens, right? People go, you can't be a stand-up. You're a fighter. You can't be a fighter. You were a pro wrestler, you know, for CM Punk or whatever the case may be. But you can take many of the same approaches, you can take many of the same habits, you can take many of the same philosophies towards uh, working towards excellence and thinking about how you pursue excellence in the combination of sort of like your intuition and your analysis is one way to put it, you know, where you like repeat things so many times that you're doing this subconsciously and you use some great phrases that I'm going to draw a blank on if I try to recall them right now about 
uh, your motor patterns, right? He was, they, they were, they looked at the fight flashbacks and he picked three really interesting ones that even that is worthy of, of discussing because when people come out and say, I want to look at these three fights. Well, he was allowed to look at not just, you know, fights that he'd had, but fights throughout the history of MMA. What would you do if you had a fight night flashback and you could pick three fights in the history of MMA to look at? What would be the organizing principle? And we talked about it on The Fighter and the Kid, how it, Brian likes wars and Brendan likes sort of uh, spectacular moments. And Robbins was, these are the biggest events, so to speak, uh, that, that rocked the MMA world or, or they have some place in the, the uh, his, historical record of MMA as being super significant, right? So he's got the... Um, Connor Eddie Alvarez fight. He's got the Ronda Rousey Holly Holm fight, and he's got the Miles of It All Ben Askren fight. And I thought those were really interesting picks. And again, because he explains his philosophy on giving these moments their their credit, and that kind of reminds me and overlaps with this notion of gratitude, because we have a tendency, especially in MMA. I know people go like, "Well, Connor's falling off. He sucks now." But didn't he, wasn't he one of the most spectacular fighters to ever exist and sort of change the game permanently, irreversibly with uh, what he was able to do and so to be dismissed after that as if that wasn't an achievement that you can retire on is kind of insane. Um, and that applies to so many things outside of fighting, but people, you know, what have you done for me lately? They'll, we have a recency bias that makes us go, you know, what was the thing you did today or even define people by their worst moments, like in Connor's case, you know, hitting an old man or whatever, whatever worst case scenario you would look at for Connor to define him by. I think it's a valuable exercise for anybody to challenge themselves. If you have a negative opinion about something or you want to dismiss somebody's accomplishment, before you do that, attempt to give them credit for the best thing that they've done, right? Because I always feel like when I'm on the receiving end of criticism, whether it's in bad faith or whatever, if I feel like this person can't also give me credit for my positive qualities or the best things that I've done or acknowledge something that I objectively do well, well, I'm not gonna take your criticism that seriously because if you have a narrative or a conclusion from a feeling or whatever it may be, typically, you'll have a feeling about something that leads you to say, I don't like this person right now. And then what you do is reverse engineer your position from that emotion to make it seem rational when it's anything but. And that's a broad, you know, that happens to me, but that's a broad perspective on kind of how the human mind tends to operate. And knowing that, you can try to at least push back or, or tug against it a little bit to try to remain objective. Well, nobody's truly objective, but it's just always worth at least acknowledging the, the pitfalls of the human mind. And he's a guy who like, I'm listening to him talk, you're like, God damn, this guy is so aware of how the mind works. And, um, you know, on a scientific level, not just a philosophical level, although that too, but I think it's one of the deepest conversations about MMA that perhaps I've ever heard. So that put me in a super good mood and talking to that guy and just hearing somebody go, yes, there are certain principles about MMA or music or stand-up or any kind of art that transcend just the specific 
genre or format of that creative output. And that also applies to fighting. So when you try to reduce somebody like, he's just a fighter, it's like there, there is creativity in fighting. There's creativity in almost everything. There's creativity in putting together a single sentence. Uh, and that's something that Noam Chomsky has said. So, you know, what are the world's foremost linguists? I, I believe that, but it's also not my just opinion. It's like Noam Chomsky will give you credit for forming an English sentence or a sentence in any language. And I believe that because a lot of people want to sort of make a binary. This person's creative, this person's not. We're all creative. Give yourself credit for that and, and try to develop that and recognize it in other things because to me, that's where the sort of beauty of life lies. If I could just get super deep for a second. This podcast is now called Deep Thoughts by Mark Harley in a British accent that's so vague. What is it? Is he going to make a decision about? Speaking of which, Chappelle just came back from England. <laughs> Man likes that. Man likes the eggs and beans. He had a great time. Why am I telling you this? Go listen to Chappelle's podcast. But it was interesting to hear his thoughts on comedy there and the reverence for, that they have for comedy in British culture versus America. There's some interesting distinctions I think that people will make and I do think it makes sense. Hearing him say it, it's like, yeah, it could be anecdotal. You know, the people sort of get less offended or whatever, but it is like, yeah, they have a rich tradition of, of comedy and I think they elevate it a little bit more and say, hey, this isn't the thing that we're all gonna get upset about because don't watch it then, right? The Are You Garbage Guys, I just want to give a shout out to them. They're, they're some of the funniest guys I've ever seen. Like in the, I get to be in the room with the King of the Sting as they did their <laughs> episode. And then afterwards, we, we flipped the script on them. We, uh, we sat them down at the Thick Boy table and said, are you thick? I asked a series of questions. For those of who, you who don't know, the Are You Garbage podcast format is essentially like it's an interrogation. You know, uh, are you a garbage human? And or are you trashy? They look through your entire life and ask you very specific questions uh, like, you know, is your is your grandma's lawn astroturf or things like that hyper specific to determine whether or not you're an absolute piece of white trash or not or any race of trash. But uh, these guys are white. So supernaturally funny. And these are guys who like watching him in the room with Chris D'Elia too and watching his happiness for where they're at in this moment in time, that they're on the come up, that they are, in fact, getting their moment uh, of shine after so many years of where they, they have the stand-up chops, they have the experience requisite, the opportunity meets the preparation to provide this pivotal moment. And if you go check out their podcast, you're gonna see what I'm talking about. It's one of these formats where you're just like, ah, damn, that's good because it creates drama. You want to know the answer to it. And you also get answers that in a podcast, you're not just going to get people sort of relying on their standard tropes of, I have this funny story. When people ask you such specific questions about how you were raised, you might not have thought about that for 20 years. You know, for example, it drove me nuts when I was a kid, but my parents would hang garbage bags, like, like grocery bags, empty grocery bags, on the handle of the, uh, you know, under the sink, the cabinet under the sink, instead of a garbage, uh, you know, can or something like under the sink, instead of just a little uh, garbage container, a, tr a trash can, they'd hang that. I thought that made us look poor. 
And it was very we were like, we're in this nice house and you're going to put this there like like we're homeless or something. So that like, for instance, that drives me nuts. Lots of little things like that, that maybe you didn't think about that drove me nuts. But there's so many little things that it's like, oh, this detail of my life tells, uh, you know, a lot about class. In America, we don't think about that a lot. In England, they do. And you can hear it in the person's voice as soon as they speak with their accent that reveals everything about the upbringing and also allows people to fake their way through life. I know you guys are probably thinking, wow, Mark has a little pep in his step. Well, that's true, and I always have a little pep in my step. When I'm on that dare Kratom, buddy, where do I get my Kratom from? Happy Hippo. Would I trust any other source of Kratom? Absolutely not. Could be just a bunch of green stuff in a pouch, I don't know. But Happy Hippo hooks it up with the pills, the powder, and guess what else they do? Other shots. Right? You've heard of five hour energy. How about happy hippo kratom that lasts for like five hours? It's really cool. I'm gonna urge you to try it, fire up your brain, use it as a nootropic, start low, figure out your dose, get cracking with it, okay? You can go to happyhippoherbals.com and use promo code a thick boy with three C's for 20% off for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's generous. Deal with it. I know you guys are probably thinking to yourself at this point, wow, Mark, was that shirt custom made to fit your muscles? <laughs> no, it's actually an oak and stone clothing shirt. Uh, you see, a lot of people were under the impression also that they only make button-up shirts. Well, turns out they don't. You could wear this shirt uh, to the gym. Why? Because it's form-fitting, it's stretchy, it's got the oak and stone label on there, but nothing too flashy. It's just a classy black shirt that's versatile, okay? Remember, oak and stone clothing is made with the athlete in mind. So if you're a dude who like goes to the gym, or maybe you don't, but you just have a naturally athletic frame because you're in your early 20s and things uh, haven't gone south for you in life and you haven't started drinking and overeating multiple times a week and destroying your physique and then blaming it on your uh, uh, testosterone decline naturally, you know, even though when you went to the doctor, they said, hey, if you stop drinking beer, you know, that would be something you could reverse it with. Oak and Stone Clothing. <laughs> Oak and Stone Clothing is the brand for you. I do legitimately love their stuff. And whether you're an athlete or just a guy in his early 20s uh, <laughs> who doesn't work out, check it out. Use promo code HELLA for 10% off. And then tell me, after you get the clothes, Mark, you were right. They are that good. Okay, what are we doing now? We're gonna talk about, uh, oh yes, overheard during the Amber Heard trial. Sensational. Casey, I know you followed along as religiously as I did, which means you probably also followed the follow-up of the trial. <laughs> he says no, he just doesn't, he wants to look cool. That's what I'm, I'm getting from this situation. He just doesn't want to admit the fact that he was obsessed with the Amber Heard trial. He can't admit it, you know? It's okay, dude. We still love you either way. It's not a big deal to me that you were literally skipping work, calling out sick. Oh, <clears throat> it's like, oh yeah, funny, because I just drove by your apartment, looked in the window, and you were just like this on the floor in front of the TV looking at the Amber Heard trial. With my feet up in the yeah, air behind me? Yeah, I actually me. have a picture on what? my phone. What? Okay, well, you know what? I, I don't want to embarrass him. Thanks. I'm not somebody who just embarrasses people on podcasts. What I thought was interesting from this, because yeah, we are gonna follow up. I'm gonna talk about it as much as I wanna talk about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, because her lawyers got out, like before the, as the verdict was being read, they were going on TV going, no, this is terrible for everyone. 
They went on, uh, Amber Heard's lawyer went on TV and said, this is a huge setback for women. What? Is it though? She says, uh, social media influenced the outcome of this trial. Uh, did it though? So she made sure to get right out in front of that narrative and try to portray something that to me, it's the most disingenuous, slimy thing to do. Of course, you're a shitty lawyer, so you're going to do that, but uh, you have no moral compass or principles. So of course you're going to do that. You are a garbage person, <laughs> but in a different way. Psychologically, you're a garbage person, whatever your name was, uh, Amber Hertz lawyer. It was interesting to then hear the rebuttal of uh, Johnny Depp's legal team that came out in, on Good Morning America, whatever, and in response to these direct questions, you know, do you think this is a setback for women? The response was, domestic violence doesn't have a gender. Boom. Conversational TKO. Because what she attempted to do there, again, with this linguistic sleight of hand, and I think manipulative people, they're always going to do this. And this is why it's important to me to always examine language and how people respond to things and be able to point out these little details that people will swap out. It's a setback for all women. Why didn't you say all domestic abuse survivors? Because that would make people think, well, who is the domestic abuse survivor? If it's a setback for all women, well, we can't deny Amber Heard is a woman, but we could potentially deny she's a domestic abuse survivor because a jury of her peers said she was lying about that. So it's a, it's a road that you don't want to go down, linguistically speaking. Social media influenced the trial. How did it influence the trial? Right? In what way was the trial misrepresented on social media, which was the cause of this guilty verdict in the eyes of Amber Heard's lawyers, or at least in the words of Amber Heard's lawyer? I don't even know if she believes it. Wouldn't surprise me if she doesn't, but she was certainly sticking to her talking points, which crumble very quickly under scrutiny, even a little pushback. <laughs> there was a great moment, Casey, when the guy goes uh, on, on the talk show she went to. One of the guys, I guess, was a former NFL player, and he goes, you know, after uh, we lost a game when I was in the NFL, we would look at game tape to say, what did I do wrong? What could I have improved upon uh, that, that I could take into the, the next game and do better? What did you do wrong in this case? <laughs> to watch her crumble. I, what, what, I, I, her, her answer after she gathered her thoughts and stopped stumbling was, some of these people threatened to put her baby in a microwave. That was her response to, what could you have done better in this trial? She goes, well, I, 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 these people are crazy. Always gotta look for that, right? You make a good point and somebody goes, you're crazy. Conversational TKO. Is that it? No, do you, I can do the whole podcast on the Amber Heard trial. You don't know this, but uh, Casey's off screen. Oh, please, please, don't, please, I don't. The eight hours of YouTube footage I watch every day doesn't cut it. Do you realize that sometimes I do a hella chef Harley and it's not even stuff I make? What? Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out and say this. I am about to do a hella chef Harley for food that I didn't physically prepare myself because the boundaries of this segment on the show transcend my kitchen. They transcend my refrigerator, my freezer, my pantry. Do I have a pantry or do I just have cabinets? Is, does a pantry imply walking into a space? 
surrounded by dry goods? I don't know. I didn't have a pantry growing up. And if you told me you had a pantry, I'd be like, what is that? And they're like, that's where we keep all the Pop-Tarts, dude. You notice how every time you come over and you eat all our food, we have more food in the pantry because we're not sick animals like you living day to day because you have three boys that drink gallons of milk at a single sitting and drink dozens of Cokes in a single day because you're addicted to sugar and nobody's monitoring you. Take from that what you will. Yes, those are true stories. Don't give children unregulated access to sodas. <laughs> That's my real point there. Because we don't auto-regulate. We just go, sugar, sounds good. I'll have 40 of them. The only mechanism that's gonna stop me from drinking soda is throwing up. And that's only gonna make room for more soda. Back to the point of this. <laughs> I actually know this, I was telling a funny story, or what I think of as a funny story, which is my younger brother, not to throw him under the bus, but uh, he had a problem with surprise puking. It would happen on car trips, or just be like, you know, driving to Wyoming for family vacation, all like of a sudden. car sick? Getting car sick, but what do you do when you're car sick? I say, hey, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm sick. Could you pull over? Yeah. Probably a few minutes before you puke. Yeah. So Andy would not do that. Andy would just go, bleh. And we're like, oh, we found out you're sick from the sound of you vomiting in a car. And uh, also the case, we found out you're sick from the sound of you vomiting at a Marie Callender's on top of your fettuccine Alfredo. True story, because they keep bringing you refillable Sprites. You know, oh, have another Sprite. Nine-year-old child <laughs> who needs 800 grams of sugar before his dinner arrives. So, what was I talking? Marie Callender's pies. That's my hella chef Harley. No, it's not. Um, my hella chef Harley for this week is going to Chipotle. Didn't feel like cooking the other day, and I said, what can I do that's healthy? You look around, you go, do I go to McDonald's? Do I... Go to Zenkuchi. There's lots of places that are in the direct vicinity. Do I go across the street to, uh, you know, Ralph's and get a rotisserie chicken? My calculation was I want some meat. I want something hearty. I want something flavorful. I want it prepared by someone in their early 20s who doesn't like their job. So I went to Chipotle <laughs> and I said, let me get a burrito bowl. No tortilla. No guacamole. Because usually when I go to Chipotle, like you, I had this binary thought process of going to Chipotle means I get a double steak full of guac in a tortilla that they're going to have to double wrap and then I'm going to pretend like that's not more calories. So the thing I end up getting with every single thing that's available to me in this burrito that can't be wrapped and is causing this 24-year-old woman a lot of stress at her job is probably closer to 2,000 calories. And then I might get chips and guac, which I just found out is like 770 or 800 calories. That's how they get you. That's how they, that's how they get you overweight and coming back for more. This is what I did. I said, let's forget about all the accoutrement. Let's stick to the uh, brown rice. Let's stick to the steak times three. Yeah, I did that. Let's stick to the black beans because I don't rationally discriminate. I'm not going to go in there and say, oh, only white beans for me just because I happen to be of a Caucasian background doesn't mean that I won't employ black beans to get in my stomach. So beans, rice, steak, and a little bit of that, whatever it's called, it's slipping, you know, six years of Spanish and here we are. I'm forgetting the word pico de gallo. Don't even know what it means. Sounds like papagaya, which means a parrot. That's a great insult that nobody uses in, uh, you know, Mexico or any Spanish speaking country, but you can just say, callate papagayo. Shut up, parrot. 
And they'll be like, huh? But like, it might sound funny. So I once told that to a guy on a bus full of Latinos very early in the morning. He came on and started preaching about how evil Hillary Clinton was. And even though like, sure, I have my criticisms of her too. Hey dude, it's six in the morning and you're talking to a bunch of people who are on their way to work. We don't want to hear political propaganda in 2016 on this LA bus. So I said, hey, hey, stop. And we went back and forth for a little bit. And my conversational TKO to this white man spewing political propaganda on a bus at 6 a.m. was Cayete Papagayo. The place went wild, Casey, is what I'm saying. The Latinos hoisted me above their heads. <laughs> for those five minutes, I was a hero. What I'm saying is, this Chipotle ball? <laughs> is this the, the Hellish of Harley with the most tangents that I've ever introduced into a single segment? 815 calories, triple steak, my man. And it felt great. Like it's one of those things where, you know, you go to a place, you're like, and I know it's gonna come with this feeling of bloating or this feeling of diarrhea or this feeling of reevaluating your life because why did I go to Chipotle and order food that's 2,000 calories when all I wanted was a snack? This was perfect. It digested quickly. I had no issues. Just the steak, just the beans, just the rice, just that pico de gallo. Try it out sometime. Try not being an asshole at Chipotle. Ever thought about that? Didn't think so. Should we talk about the Pro Science Academy? Should we talk about something fun? Like Liver King Meme of the Week. Like I'm chatting, like, oh, go here, go there. I keep Casey on his toes. Let's just click that little, that little reel. Did you show me this the other day? Because this is uh, Liver King. Clouds in the background, pull out. He's curling on a surfboard. And at first I was like, that is actually crazy impressive. It's a good piece of content regardless. But then I realized he's actually wake surfing. Now, if he was able to swim out and catch a wave with a 25-pound dumbbell and then start curling on it for, you know, what appears to be longer than two seconds, I'd be like, God damn, we need to give this guy more credit for his athleticism. But wake surfing, different thing. Right, Casey? Correct. Right, professional uh, extreme sport enthusiast? Yes. And then what do we have out into that? Oh, it's a meme <laughs> by our favorite uh, anti-liver king meme page, Vile of Denial, Disney Pixar's Trend Story. And it's just the liver king with trend. Get it? Because he does trend. Funny stuff. Okay, let's do a Bro Science Academy because I was going to talk to you guys about how to work abs. People will tell me and ask me, I want to work abs. We somehow treat abs like it's a different thing than everything else. We want to do 100 sit-ups. We want to do abs every day. We want to treat it like it's a, somehow, abs are a different muscle than everything else. My notion is, sure, you have to get lean. Abs are made of the kitchen. They are, but you can also make your abdominals more prominent by building the actual contractile tissue in your stomach. Crazy, crazy notion, right? What I do is I put a BOSU ball behind my back on the floor, right? I lay down on it, my ass is on the floor. I take the heaviest dumbbell I can get, which, uh, you know, I could use 110, 120 maybe, but I would suggest starting with just something that sounds heavy to you. I worked up from like 60 to 70, you know, take a plate, right? You put it behind your head and you just wanna be anchored. Your, your, where your butt is should outweigh that weight behind your head. You shouldn't be like tipping backwards from it. If you expand your rib cage and basically do a crunch up to here, right? That's a short range of motion, but it is very taxing 
to your actual abdominal wall here, and that will make your abs become bigger over time. The second thing that I'd ask you to do, anything that you can do heavy like this, the ab machines where you go uh, crunch, there's a hammer strength one that you can manually load with plates because a lot of these machines don't really go up that high. The hammer strength one you can manually load plates on and just remember like you can, you can make it really tough. You could do a set of 10 to failure or less and that's gonna build your abs. If you want a six pack, right? Screw functional strength. <laughs> but that is a different thing. It's like, okay, if you're a baseball player or an athlete or something, sure, more rotational stuff and uh, you know, the, do it for the actual athletic performance nature of it. But most people are like, I want a six pack. Make your abs bigger because that may reduce the appearance of uh, your midsection by, you know, you're at 12%, but you look 10% because your abs are sticking out to a degree. Um, also, get an ab wheel, probably one of the most important pieces of equipment for developing your abs because it provides this uh, possibility for progressive overload. That's the end game of that being doing, starting from a standing position bent over the waist and you're you know, reaching down to your toes to start. You're in a pike position to start. If you can roll out from here all the way to flat, and back up without touching your knees, your stomach, or any other part of your body to the floor during that whole rep, your abs are gonna be insanely strong. But you can start out by going on your knees, doing more reps, building up to just a negative where you roll out as, as straight as you can and then just go to your knees and stand up again. Sounds crazy, I know. Oh my God, you mean it's not 100 crunches in a row every single day? Not doing flutter kicks on the floor for three hours? Crazy concept, try it out. Thank me later when your abs are absolutely popping. Look, a lot of people been asking me. People actually have been asking me a shit ton. <laughs> Believe it or not, because you go on the fighter and kid turns out, talk about steroids, everyone's like, what steroids should I do? This isn't about that, but I will get to more of that. We're gonna have a lot of help I'm on steroids in the future. I also decided I am gonna write a book about steroids. In my voice, I'm like, I don't need to do that, but I'm, well, you know, I'm just gonna end up repeating the same shit over and over again. Um, so I am gonna write <laughs> in my own voice of like, hey, this is what I know, and also there's a million things I don't know. Here's an ebook for five bucks. Just so I can send you the link instead of repeating the same things over and over. Somebody did ask me this, yo, Mark, I need some uh, more advice, which implies, by the way, that I have given him advice in the past that he likes so much that he's coming back for more. He's double dip in his pen in the old company ink. Is that an analogy? I don't know, but it sounds like something that people at a corporation would say. It's been a week since I fractured my cheekbone. My eye is bruised pretty good. I was wondering how long I should wait before training again. You're gonna note that I do not ask him how he injured his eye because it's irrelevant. But I'm realizing now, God, I'm a dick. It's been one week and I feel I'm losing gains. LOL. I appreciate you, big dog. The way he ended it with big dog, um, that motivates me. It's like, oh, you think I'm big? <laughs> you get my attention. So first, I did say, wow, that fucking sucks in response. I wouldn't worry about a week, two weeks. Yeah, you may start to lose a little. But I've just noticed also, side note, Men in general, it's like, I haven't lifted for 48 hours. Am I getting smaller? I used to be that way. You take a week off lifting and you're like, oh my God, I shrank. Chances are you didn't. Maybe if you got sick, you lost some weight or some strength. But the average guy taking off a week of lifting or even two weeks is not going to do too much. You don't want to 
do that all the time, unless it's a program deload, and even then, try to get in the gym, do a little bit. I preface it with, this is not medical advice, but I have trained with broken bones before, such as a broken rib and a broken hand. Got in a fight, broke my hand. Doctor was like, we're gonna need to cast that up for the whole summer. I'm like, sir, I am a D3 college football player. The summer is where I do steroids. Do not tell me this bad boy is gonna be in a cast. I need to bench press because that has a very, very direct correlation with my athletic performance on the field. So I said, fuck it, lift with a broken hand, which is not that bad actually. Lifting with a broken rib is much tougher because there's certain things where it's like, ooh, yes. Flexing my abdominals and my lats in that position re-breaks my rib or whatever it is. Doesn't feel good. Uh, the only advice I can go by is feel. If the exercise causes sharp pain, probably skip it. If you can control the feelings of pressure in your face with breathing and also actively not contorting your face, I'm speaking like this is the advice I'd give myself as somebody who suffers from chronic ugly lifting face. I would say, Mark, remember to breathe. It's not a competition to see who can be the ugliest person in the gym while bench pressing. You're trying to avoid pain and embarrassment. So I also said, uh, I wouldn't worry about a week, a two weeks in, and I already say that, God damn it. <laughs> two screenshots, one message. That's it. Most of these things you go like, can I do this? It sounds bad, but it's like, try it out. Does it hurt? Don't do it. That principle can apply to so many things. Uh, you know, if it hurts a little bit, Doing something on it probably will make it hurt a little bit more. Speaking of which, my client Paul has had this shoulder issue for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks since I've known him. And it's like maybe related to he like, you know, snapped his a bicep tendon, which a lot of people have, you know, where it like shortens up a little bit. But like doing this on a squat rack, doing um, various movements, even like lat pull downs, he would describe a burning sensation in his shoulder. He was doing a curl of some sort the other day doing arms and shoulders, he felt a sharp pain, dropped the weight, ah, my God. Then it kind of went away and then pain totally gone. And then the next day, like when I saw him this morning, his whole bicep was like all bruised, you know? And you're theorizing, I don't know what that is. He did get a cortisol injection uh, like a week before it was that bad. So you like, and I don't, pretend to know that much about the shoulder. I, I really barely understand it. It's, it's an insanely complex joint with so many things going on to move your shoulder in all these different directions. So who knows? But I do know this. When you have shoulder issues, things catch. And they, you know, there's so many overlapping things going on there. It is possible that you reduce the inflammation on something with a cortisol shot. It has the chance to move back into place. That really hurts because your tendon's like, causes bruising, causes inflammation, but then guess what? Today we're lifting no pain in all these ways that he experienced pain before. So what I'm saying is sometimes you need to take a step back to take a step forward. Is that the analogy here? I don't, I don't know, but pretty cool, huh? <laughs> it's satisfying to snap something into place like, ah, that hurt, but it ended up bettering me. Life lesson, ba -dum -bum. don't take my word for it. Dude, what else do we even have? Oh, oh, that's right. This is why we can't have nice gyms. And I'm gonna show you some things. The first one here, literally, this is why we can't have nice gyms because gyms aren't nice. This guy's working out on multiple machines that just so happen to literally break down as he's on them. And they're both ones that like kind of seem like they could injure him, like the leg press snaps. 
the leg extension just snaps up. That almost hit him in the face. This just reminds, now I don't know where he is. I'm not going to make an assumption about that, but like, look, the coloring on the gym, you know, it's freshly painted machines, but I'll look around even to do 24 hour fitness or any of these gyms, not going to name any <coughs> zoo, but like you go, did nobody think to fix this? Like, why is there just a pin missing from this machine? Why is this hamstring machine, you know, d d out of service for the last three months? Why is there two Stairmasters and one of them doesn't work? And it's been like that for seven weeks. Can we fix this? It just doesn't seem safe. But I think in general, you know, you get what you pay for, especially at like 24, Planet Fitness or whatever. You're paying 10, 50 bucks. It ain't Equinox. Equinox probably has a lot of the same shit, right? Except it just works. <laughs> I would assume, I don't know, I can't afford to go in there. So maybe somebody can get a free pass and, and come to, and, you know, I may have also been outlawed from going there um, because I was handing out flyers for a gym that I was starting during the pandemic called Trequinox. It's just the park, guys. It's just the park, okay? Next. Oh, I saw this. This, this begs the philosophical question. Do we lift weights or do, light, or do weights lift us? That is what I believe Kierkegaard said. You saw this and said what, Casey? I was like, that looks difficult. Yeah, right? Because he's smooth with it. His His body is not moving as he's doing these uh, hammer strength-esque lat pull-downs, bringing his hands to him as if his body's anchored down, but it ain't. And that's some skill right there. So good on you, dude. Next up, ooh, this just hurts to watch. Deadlifts 405, slams it down. His headphones bounce off of his head, I believe. Like they're on his head. Yes, they're on his head and the jerking motion of his head throws the headphones off and it lands under the deadlift, the, 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 the weights, as the weight is bouncing up. So it's like, throw your head, gets caught right there as the thing is bouncing up and then catches, boom. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Now, life lesson there, maybe you don't need to slam your deadlifts like an asshole. Why not just drop them? People do this thing with like, they get it up and then they like throw it back down with their whole body. Not necessary. That is not 800 pounds, it's 400 pounds. It ain't that much. I've lifted it before and I'm not even that strong. This guy thought was, it was a funny little caption. He's doing overhead press in what looks like a CrossFit gym and he looks like a CrossFit her because he has short shorts on and he's training shirtless. The caption there says, when you want to be jacked, but also have a six pack uh, shredded and also not do roids, but also do 300 kg deadlifts, but also run a five minute mile, but also train and compete in MMA, but also hand walking and backflips, but also just focus on mobility and flexibility. This made me think of how we want so many different things in the gym. And now you can go for many things at once, but like, and CrossFit does a pretty good, you could really dial in your programming and achieve a few different things at once, but you gotta remember that the most efficient path to anything like putting on muscle is doing strength training, right? The moment you try to go, well, I also wanna run a five minute mile, it's just going to make both of those paths uh, uh, a little bit longer and harder, right? Because you're pulling in opposite directions. I remember that guy, Ross Edgley, I think is his name, like fittest man of the world, he swam around Great Britain in a wetsuit, like a psychopath, but very impressive. He made a great point, because it's like he's also super buff, you know, claims to be natural, probably isn't. Look him up. 
he was like, basically, you just don't want to do two opposing things right after one another. You don't want to like lift weights for hypertrophy and then go run a marathon without recovering in between because then your body's confused. Like, wait, wh where do I allocate my recovery resources to getting bigger or, you know, to increasing the mitochondria in my quadriceps? You know, mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. That's right. <laughs> the one thing everybody remembers from biology class. Here we have Mia Khalifa. Oh yeah, she's about to take off her top. Psych, Top Gun, stop watching pornography. Not only is this a perfectly executed sketch slash troll job by whoever made this video, it's something I think about because people have these excuses like, I don't have time for the gym. If you really ask guys, okay, did you jerk off this week? How much time, oh, it took 20 minutes? Use that towards going to the gym. Find these little things that are, you know, analogous to jerking off in that they're a complete waste of time. I don't know, man. I'm getting pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Skills. Um, other than that, you know, we, we, we waste time in so many ways. And, and I'm obviously not a master of time management, but I am. You're not, Mark? <laughs> Mark Harley, you're not a master of time management? It's one of the we only haven't things started the podcast. It's, it's the only thing. <laughs> we haven't started the podcast on time in a month. We haven't started the podcast on time ever since before we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Even when Mark would think about the podcast, it was always starting three hours late. <laughs> In his dreams, Mark is <laughs> shooting at 3 p.m. when he was supposed to be in a tent. Um, so, but I am, I do try to be honest with myself of like, oh yeah, you don't have time to lift. Like you made that excuse in your head. I don't have time. But what else did you do? You know, scrolling social media, watching a TV show, staring out into space, contemplating your life and where things really went wrong. That could be 20 minutes of your day that you could swap out with lifting. Think about it. Now we have a few funny memes. These are also like loosely gym related. Me, spend 720 bucks on a cycle, shipping 1099. Yeah. That classic, you know, what, what would you call that? Skeptical hippo eyes or face or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's like, mm, man, mm, I don't know though. I don't know about that. That we have, uh, this is great. Arnold's legs are swapped out with his girls. Uh, standing there, this hot girl hanging on him. Arnold in his prime. It says, when your girl has bigger legs than you. I thought that was funny because that is actually an issue these days. Like, girls go to the gym and do legs three times a week. And gym bros still often don't do legs. And I'm not judging you because legs suck. And I have naturally big legs. I don't even try to have them, you know, to make them much bigger. But I also worked them out a lot for football, et cetera. So it was built into my programming. I didn't think about it in terms of like, I need to get my quads bigger, right? If you don't want to get your quads bigger and then also squats suck and leg press sucks and everything about working legs sucks, don't do it, right? Your brain says, your ego says, your, your willingness to skirt difficult situations and rationalize that. That's what it says in your brain. But I do think there's merit into at least doing something exhausting with your legs, whether that's hill running, whether that's pushing a sled, or whatever. Because the uh, mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cells, what I'm saying. Yeah. So Casey, I just wanted to give you a little update before we go. Um, last week I asked a question. Will I expose this person who's the top or one of the top, don't want to give away his position, one of the most prolific posters on the subreddit. And I said, chime in below with your opinions. Let's democratize this process. Turns out you guys chimed in and you guys were right. I should expose him. 
and that's what I'm going to do. And next week, tune in to Haters Will Say. But seriously, <laughs> I want to do it in a more organized, systematic way. I don't want to just be like, it's this guy. I want to give him the full attention that he deserves, the attention that, frankly, he's been giving me and my friends for a number of years over the course of almost 9,000 posts. So stay tuned. There will be a dramatic reveal next week. I promise you that even if the entire podcast is just me going into this person's entire life story, name and address, occupation, uh, where he works, some of his uh, worst posts maybe, so you can figure out like what, what ethical level is this person on and how should I maybe you know, explain to him why he's wrong. We wouldn't want to retaliate with videos mocking this person. That would be wrong. Right, but I can't control you either. So, tune in next week. We're going to devote an entire episode to unmasking. <gasps> it was the groundskeeper the entire time. And I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs>